Hey, this is Dylan Short, host of Locked On Braves, and you're listening to Locked On Yankees. Welcome to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Stacey Gatsoulias, and I'm the host of Locked On Yankees. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find us on Instagram at Locked On Yankees, all one word. And you can find me on Twitter at Stace Gatz. Please feel free to tweet questions or comments to either Twitter account and leave a comment on our Instagram account. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. We are starting a new series this week, Best Moments in Franchise History. And as Yankee fans, we have been blessed with lots of those moments. And it won't just be playoff games. There will be regular season games, maybe a trade or two. We'll see how I'm feeling, but we have a lot to choose from. So this should be a fun series. But before we get into all that, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. We have been spoiled as Yankee fans. When I was I was looking things up for this because I can think of best moments, but I just wanted to see how other people ranked Yankee moments. And there are so many articles when you Google, you know, greatest Yankee moments in baseball history. You can do greatest Yankee moments in the new stadium. You can do greatest Yankee moments in the old stadium. You could do greatest Yankee moments in the ALCS. You can do greatest Yankee moments in the World Series. There's so many things to choose from that it's almost an embarrassment of riches at this point. And yes, there have been bad things in Yankee history that we won't be discussing in this series. Thank you very much. And that could mean bad injuries happening to someone that either ruined their career or ruined their chances of a better career. Um, there were bad trades. Those those were a plenty when I was a kid, when George Steinbrenner was going nuts in the 80s and uh, before he got suspended in 1990. Um <laughs> So looking for greatest franchise moments or best franchise moments was actually hard for me because, again, it's there's too many. There are some that I can think of that I attended. There are some that I didn't attend, but remember watching on TV. You know, the Aaron Boone game I was watching on TV. I nearly knocked all my teeth out when he hit the home run because I didn't sit from the eighth inning on and... He he hit the home run and I fell to my knees in my, well, okay, I was living in my grandparents' old apartment, so it was filled with my grandparents' old furniture. My computer was set up on the dining room table and I fell, it, I pretty much fell into one of the dining room chairs when I fell to my knees and I nearly knocked out all of my teeth because I couldn't believe he hit that home run. Then I started screaming. I scared the crap out of my cats. 
then my cell phone started ringing, my house phone started ringing, and I was answering phone calls from people. My friend Matt, who's a Red Sox fan, congratulated me. Now, I didn't do that in 2004 to him. <laughs> anyway, you know, there are moments like the Tina Martinez home run to tie, the Jeter walk-off Mr. November home run, Game 4 of the 2001 World Series, which I attended, which I've told this story many times. That game permanently damaged my vocal cords. I'm kind of proud of that, in a way. I mean, I really shouldn't have screamed the way I was screaming and just continuing to yell after the game was over, and that was really dumb of me. It caused me to lose my voice for five days. And again, as I said many times, not just to the point where I was raspy for five days. I was squeaking. I did not have a voice, which is why my vocal cords are still screwed up now nearly 20 years later. We have Luis Soho's single up the middle that pretty much won the World Series for the Yankees in 2000. I wasn't there for that game, but it was because of that moment that I got to party with the Yankees after they won the World Series that night. So that's a big franchise moment and a big personal moment for me because that was a really fun night. I really can't believe that's going to be 20 years ago this fall. That's just crazy to me. Another great moment in franchise history, Chris Chambliss's walk-off home run in 1976. No, I don't remember it. No, I wasn't at the game. I was only two. My cousins were at that game. And they got to jump on the field and run around like maniacs. And, you know, that was a very big moment in franchise history and a best moment if you look back on it, because it had been a while since the Yankees were in the World Series and that home run sent them there. And, you know, the new stadium had just opened up or, well, the renovated stadium had just opened up and it was a big deal. And that was a very big moment in franchise history. And I think if you do a list of best moments, that would come up. You could argue that getting CC Sabathia, AJ Burnett, and Mark Teixeira was a big moment in franchise history because that helped the Yankees win the 09 World Series. And yes, I know they spent a ton of money, but they're the Yankees and that's what they're supposed to do. They spent the money, they got the best team together, and they've won the World Series. You could make the argument that August 13th, 2016 was the best moment in franchise history because that was the day when Tyler Austin and Aaron Judge went back-to-back -back homers in their first career plate appearances for the Yankees. I mean, hello? It was the first time in the history of baseball that two teammates had homered in their first career plate appearances in the same game, let alone back-to-back. -back. And I remember when it happened, I was watching the game with my mom. It was the day after A-Rod left the Yankees. They had that whole big thing the night before. And then the next day, we're like, okay, let's watch the kids come in and do their thing. And Austin hits the home run. I think it barely squeaked over the wall in right field, but it was a home run. And the judge hit the friggin' restaurant. I mean, hello? Judge was basically saying, here I am. This is what to expect from me. Nice to see you. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store. No more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. 
Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. One moment that I believe is definitely in the category of best moment in franchise history has to do with Brett Gardner. And no, it doesn't have to do with him banging the dugout. (laughs) This has to do with his at-bat against Cody Allen in Game 5 of the Division Series in 2017. While it was happening, you could feel it. You could feel that it was going to become a big moment. The more he fouled off the ball, the more you felt it. And then he finally got the hit on the 12th pitch. And the Yankees went up 5-2, which was way better than being up 3-2. And you just felt it in your bones that the Yankees were going to hold on and win that division series. The division series that looked lost after game two, after Cleveland made that incredible comeback because Girardi did something really stupid. I attended my 25th high school reunion the day after game two. And a lot of the guys that I went to high school with, I'm friends with on Facebook. They follow my work. They followed my work at the time when I was writing all over the place. And my friend Matt, who is a Mets fan, admitted to me that he was rooting for the Yankees. And he thought that they could come back in the series. And I thought he was just blowing smoke up my bum. Um, I had other friends who were asking me for my opinion about what happened the night before. And I tried to give a measured response, but then I had to write an article about it the next day. The reunion was in two parts. We had a barbecue during the day. Then there was about an hour and a half, two hour break. And then our class president or whoever was in charge of everything, they rented out a bar a couple of towns away. So I had a two hour window to write my article, which I did. It was 700 words. I spit it out because I was still really angry from the night before. (laughs) But I had to not be a crazy Yankee fan reacting to it. I had to be a Yankee writer breaking it down and breaking down the nightmare that was game two. So that was an interesting time. Then you had Tanaka's game, right? And then game four was the one with Greg Bird's solo home run off Andrew Miller. That's that's another big moment in franchise history, honestly, because that really turned the series around That was another moment when you felt they could pull this off. Then game five happens. Didi Gregorius hits the home run to put them up right away. And you're feeling it then too. I remember sitting there in the chair in my den and thinking to myself, they're going to do this. They are going to come back and win this division series. And it's funny. I saw the Yankees play the Indians. I think it was the end of August in 2017. And they looked awesome awful against them. (laughs) Just terrible in the regular season against them. So for them to do what they did in that division series with the way game two was, or with the way game two was played out, yeah. Game five was a big moment in franchise history because no one expected that team to do anything. And the fact that they made it to game seven of the ALCS was a minor miracle. 
You could argue that a best moment in franchise history, even though it was really sad for everyone watching, was when Mo made his final appearance at Yankee Stadium. I remember at the time being mad that I didn't have a ticket to the game. And then after after Pettit and Jeter came out to get him and Mo started crying and then I started crying, bawling. I was bawling. I wasn't expecting that reaction at all. I figured I'd get teary-eyed and, you know, upset because I'd been watching Mo since he came up. But I was not expecting the reaction I had. I was sobbing in my house and thankful that I didn't have a ticket to that game because I would have been totally embarrassed in Yankee Stadium. Although I heard from other people who were there that everyone was crying, so I probably wouldn't have felt that weird. But woof, that was, I was not expecting that. But, you know, Jeter and Pettit coming out to get him was fitting. And just to see him break down the way he did, you know, because you always looked at Mo as kind of a machine. I mean, you knew he was a human, you knew he was a man, but he just came out, he did his job, he didn't overly emote when he was playing. Occasionally he did. Every once in a while he did. I mean, you know, he was happy when the last out in 09 happened and they won the World Series and things like that. But for the most part, he was a pretty steady presence and didn't get overly emotional. So to see him break down like that was a sight to behold. Just for giggles, as I googled everything... An article came up from April of 2012 that says the 50 greatest moments in New York Yankees history. And I just want to see what these guys put together. Because yes, of course, it was a bunch of guys who put the list together. God forbid a woman is included. Okay, already, this is a good list. Number 49, Mattingly battles Winfield for the batting title. Now, if you were not around in 1984 and you don't remember what this was like, it was... A big deal, especially for the Yankees, because they weren't doing much at the time. You know, not that the Yankees were terrible. I say this all the time. The Yankees weren't awful in the 80s. It was just they didn't make the playoffs. So anyway, the last game of the season that year, Mattingly went four for five and finished with an average of 343. Winfield went one for four, finished with a 340. But the fact that they were battling down to the last second was pretty freaking cool. Number 49 is a moment that actually the anniversary was the other day. On April 26, 2005, Alex Rodriguez drove in 10 runs against the Angels and Bartolo Colon. He hit three home runs. One was a grand slam. He also had an RBI single. Even at this point in 2012, about A-Rod, it says, now, if only he could have games like that in October. This was 2012. Did these people not watch 2009? Hello? Jeter breaks the all-time Yankees hit record, which I was there for that night when he passed Gehrig. And yes, that was a good moment, but the game itself was horrible. I think they lost 10-3 to the Orioles. And I remember being annoyed because that meant the game wouldn't be shown on Yankee Classics because why would they show a loss? Let's talk about my last best moment for today because, as I said, there are plenty of them, so we will have plenty to talk about. It was a really big deal when A-Rod was traded to the Yankees, okay? At that point in 2004, everyone was excited about this because A-Rod was one of the best players in baseball. People were envisioning the Yankees being this unstoppable machine like the Yankees of the 40s and 50s and picturing Jeter with 10 rings and A-Rod with 5 rings. Wrong! 
wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And let's get one thing clear. The Yankees didn't win the World Series in a lot of those years, and it wasn't because of A-Rod. It was because the front office had their Tampa faction that was making horrible decisions in the mid-aughts, like Jarrett Wright, like Carl Pavano, like Randy Johnson. Need I say more? And yes, A-Rod did have some rough appearances in the playoffs, but there were other guys who also had rough appearances in the playoffs, but no one brings them up. And um, Alex Rodriguez was a much better shortstop than Derek Jeter. And he agreed to move to third base because Jeter's ego wouldn't be able to handle not playing shortstop. And yes, I know, A-Rod's problematic with the steroids and all the other nonsense that happened while he was a Yankee. But that trade was a good thing. And it's one of the best moments in franchise history. And on that note, that's it for this edition of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So I will talk to you all tomorrow when I come up with more best moments in franchise history. So have a good night. Talk to you then.